Greetings, my name is Stan Prager from the Regarp book blog, www.regarp.com. Today's podcast features my review of Seduction, Sex, Lies, and Stardom in Howard Hughes Hollywood by Karina Longworth. When people ask me if I went to film school, I tell them, no, I went to films. Quentin Tarantino famously quipped, while I'm no iconic director, I too went to films in a manner of speaking. I was raised by my grandmother in the 1960s, with little help from a 19-inch console TV in the living room and seven channels delivered via rooftop antenna. When cartoons, soaps, or primetime westerns and sitcoms like Bonanza and Bewitched weren't broadcasting, all the remaining airtime was filled with movies. All kinds of movies. Drama, screwball comedies, war movies, gangster movies, horror movies, sci-fi, musicals, love stories, murder mysteries. You name the genre, it ran and ran and ran for untold hours and days and weeks and years. Grandma, rest in peace, loved movies, just loved them, all kinds of movies. But she didn't have much of a discerning eye. For her, the treasure of the Sierra Madre was no better or worse than bedtime for Bonzo. At first, I didn't know any better either, and whether I was four or fourteen, I watched whatever was on, whenever she was watching. But I took a keen interest. The immersion paid dividends. My tastes evolved. One day, I began calling them films instead of movies, and even turned into something of a film geek, arguing against the odds that Casablanca is a better picture than Citizen Kane, promoting Kubrick's Paths of Glory over 2001, and shamelessly confessing to screening Tarantino's Kill Bill 1 and 2 back-to-back more than a dozen times. In other words, I take films pretty seriously. So, when I noticed that seduction, sex, lies, and stardom in Howard Hughes Hollywood was up for grabs in an early reviewer program, I jumped at the opportunity. I was not to be disappointed. In an extremely well-written and engaging narrative, film critic and journalist Karina Longworth has managed to turn out a remarkable history of old Hollywood in the guise of a kind of biography of Howard Hughes. In films, a MacGuffin is something insignificant or irrelevant in itself that serves as a device to trigger the plot. Examples include the Letters of Transit in Casablanca, the Statuette in the Maltese Falcon, and the Briefcase in Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. Howard Hughes himself is the MacGuffin of sorts in Seduction, which is far less about him than his female victims and the peculiar nature of the studio system that enabled predators like Hughes and others who dominated the motion picture industry. Howard Hughes was once one of the most famous men in America, known for his wealth and genius, a larger-than-life legend noted both for his exploits as aviator and flamboyance as a film producer given to extravagance and star-making. But by the time I was growing up, all that was in the distant past, and Hughes was little more than a specter in supermarket tabloids, an eccentric billionaire turned recluse. It was later said that he spent most days alone, sitting naked in a hotel room watching movies. Long unseen by the public, at his death he was nearly unrecognizable, skeletal and covered in bedsores. Director Martin Scorsese resurrected him for the big screen in his epic biopic The Aviator, headlined by Leonardo DiCaprio and a star-studded cast, which showcased Hughes as a heroic and brilliant iconoclast who in turn took on would-be censors, the Hollywood studio system, the aviation industry, and anyone who might stand in the way of his quest for glory, all while courting a series of famed beauties. Just barely in frame was the mental instability, the emerging obsessive-compulsive disorder that later brought him down. Longworth finds Hughes a much smaller and more despicable man, an amoral narcissist and manipulator who was seemingly incapable of empathy for other human beings. 
Yes, there is indeed a palpable resemblance to a certain president. While Hughes carefully crafted an image of a titan who dominated the twin arenas of flight and film, in Longworth's portrayal, he seems to crash more planes than he lands and churns out more bombs than blockbusters. In the public eye, he was a great celebrity, but off-screen he comes off as an unctuous villain, a charlatan whose real skill set was self-promotion empowered by vast sums of money and a network of hangers-on. The author gives him his due by denying him top billing as the star of the show rather giving scrutiny to those in his orbit, the females in supporting roles whom he in turn dominated, exploited, and discarded. You can almost hear refrains of Carly Simon's You're So Vain interposed in the narrative, taunting the ghost of Hughes with the chorus, You probably think this song is about you, which by the way would make a great soundtrack if there's ever a screen adaptation of the book. If not Hughes, the real main character is Old Hollywood itself, and with a skillful pen, Longworth turns out a solid history, a decidedly feminist history of the place and time that has nothing less than superlative. The author recreates for us the early days before the tinsel, when a sleepy little dry town no one had ever heard of almost overnight became the celluloid capital of the country. Pretty girls from all over America would flock there on a pilgrimage to fame, most disappointed, many despairing, more than a few dead. Nearly all were preyed upon by a legion of the contemptible, used and abused with a thin tissue of lies and promises that anchored them not only to the geography, but to the predominantly male movers and shakers who dominated the studio system that literally dominated everything else. This is a feminist history precisely because Longworth focuses on these women, more specifically, ten women involved with Hughes, and through them brilliantly captures Hollywood's golden age as manifested in both the glamorous and the tawdry. Howard Hughes was not the only predator in Tinseltown, of course, but arguably its most depraved. If Hollywood power brokers overpromised fame to hosts of young women just to bed them, for Hughes, sex was not even always the principal motivation. It went way beyond that, often to twisted ends, perhaps unclear to even Hughes himself. He indeed took many lovers, but those he didn't sleep with were not exempt to his peculiar brand of exploitation. What really got Howard Hughes off was exerting power over women, controlling them, owning them. He virtually enslaved some of these women, stripping them of their individual freedom of will for months or even years with vague hints and eventual stardom, abetted by assorted handlers appointed to spy on them and report back to him. Even the era of Me Too lacks the appropriate vocabulary to describe his level of creepy. One of the women he apparently did not take to bed was Jane Russell. Hughes cast the beautiful, voluptuous 19-year-old in The Outlaw, a film that took forever to produce and release, largely due to his fetishistic obsession with Russell's breasts and the way these spilled out of her dress in a promotional poster that provoked the ire of censors. Longworth's treatment of the way Russell unflappably endured her long association with Hughes, despite his relentless domination over her life and career, is just one of the many delightful highlights in Seduction. The Outlaw, incidentally, was one of the movies I recall watching with Grandma back in the day. Her notions of Hollywood had everything to do with the glamorous and the glorious, of handsome leading men and lovely leading ladies up on the silver screen. I can't help wondering what she might think if she learned how those ladies were tormented by Hughes and other moguls of the time. I wish I could tell her about it, about this book. Alas, that's not possible, but I can urge anyone interested in this era to read Seduction. If authors of film history could win an Academy Award, Longworth would have an Oscar on her mantle to mark this outstanding achievement. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. I encourage you to share it in your network. 
Many more reviews on an eclectic array of fiction and nonfiction books are available at www.regarp.com and www.regarpbookblogpod.com. Have a great day.